Amen. I hope you're ready. Come on, church. Let's not be a quiet church today. Amen. Come on. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so sometimes you just need to to speak back when people are talking about the word of God. And sometimes you just need to speak it out. Come on. So this morning, I'm not going to preach because we've got some amazing young guys that are going to be preaching for us. I also wanted to say hello to the online service. I hope you're doing well at home. Thank you for joining us today. Um, but we have some amazing young guys that are going to be sharing a word. And w- when we talked about, you know, what are you going to speak about, I said, listen, I know that one of the greatest messages you can preach is the one that you're currently living. So we wanted to release these guys to share what God has put on their heart. And they've got a great word for you today. They kind of shared a little bit with me already. And so I'm really excited for you guys to hear this. And the first person that I'm going to introduce is Jesse Strutt. Is that right? Nailed it. Give him a hand, guys. Here we go. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, guys. Um, I just want to start off and just say we're so honored to be here. Like Motion College, we are like so honored to be able to come and serve at your church. And we're just so thankful for your pastors and your leaders that have hosted us. And um, yeah, I just want to say that. Thank you so much for having us here. Um, So I want to start off today. Um, We're going to be talking about a story about a man in the Bible named Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus was blind. And back in that day when you were blind, it was, you had almost no chance in life, to be honest. You, there's no braille. If you, if you couldn't get a job, there's no like EI or like CERB, right? And so this man was alone. He, all his hope for his entire life was like gone because he was blind. That was, there's no, there's no solution to that for him. And, um, the story we're going to talk about today is the story of the first time that Bartimaeus ever had hope in his life. So we're going to um, be reading out of Mark 10, uh, verse 46 to 52. So it says, Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and he said, Tell him or tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. So Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and he came to Jesus. So what do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. And Jesus, my rabbi the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Now that is an awesome story, if you ask me. That story alone is so powerful. But I want to I wanna talk about a few things from it. So in the start, we have um, Bartimaeus. He's shouting for Jesus. He's screaming, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And a little side note, I just think it's kind of funny how like Everyone, the whole crowd is like, oh, be quiet. Oh, shut up. Come on. Like, wow, you're being so annoying. As soon as Jesus calls them over, they're like, oh, wow, this is your chance, buddy. Let's go. You got it. I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, but, but I want to ask here, why was he shouting for Jesus, son of David? Not, not Daniel, son of Dan, or, or Seth, son of Kevin. Like, why is, he, why is he shouting Jesus, son of David? And the reason is someone would have told him. Someone told him about Jesus. Someone told him that, that Jesus does miracles, that Jesus does the supernatural. And so someone would have told him that Jesus gives you hope. And this, 
this is what Bartimaeus would have, would have realized. This is why he's screaming at the top of his lungs, why he's shouting so loud. And so I think when Jesus called him over, it was the first time that Bartimaeus ever had hope. You know, I can just imagine just being, your, your life is hopeless. All you can do is beg on the side of the road. And this man who you hear does miracles calls you over and the hope he would have felt. And so Jesus said, what do you need? He goes up. Jesus says, what do you need? And I think normally I don't, I don't notice anything weird about that. But let's be honest. This is a blind man. I think it would be probably pretty evident that he couldn't see. And Jesus asks him, what do you need? I think that's interesting. And um, I think it's because we can tend to ask God for the wrong things. We can put God in a box. You see, Bartimaeus could have heard a crowd, could have heard about this amazing guy, Jesus, and thought, oh, I'll go over there. This guy's super nice, and he'll give me some money. Right? Like, he easily could have thought that. That was his life. But Jesus isn't just a good guy. He's not just a good guy. He asked, what do you need? Because Jesus was prepared to meet any need that he had. Jesus does miracles. And it's not just for Bartimaeus. He can do... He can work a miracle in your life right now. He can meet you right where you are. He does the impossible. He can, he can save you. He can do miracles. And he can give you hope and purpose. So the next thing that I want to talk about here, I want to take it back to verse 50. So verse 50, um, it says, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Pretty simple there. He ran to Jesus, right? But what I noticed is that Bartimaeus threw off his coat. And... If I just do this, is that a big deal? No. But for Bartimaeus, this was probably one of his only possessions. This was probably all that he had. And he's on the side of the road begging. And he threw aside one of his only possessions to run to Jesus. And it was, there was a good chance he'd never find it again. He's in a big crowd. Who knows, someone might even take it. He could not find this again. And so I just want to ask, what's, what's that cloak in your life? What's, gonna, what's holding you back? What are you holding on to that's going to keep you from, from running to Jesus and trusting him and putting faith in him? Maybe it's, it could be finances or it could be um, letting God have control of what you want to do in your future or with, maybe with your relationship or your future relationship. Um, for me, it's, the last year has been a lot of struggling with money. I have... I've struggled to give up that part of my life, right? I've, yeah, it's been a real struggle for me. And so the thing is, you can, you can try to tell yourself sometimes, oh, well, I live so much of my life for God. I do this. I serve in church. I, I tell people about God even. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll have deep conversations with people. I can just have this. I can just have this to myself. God doesn't need this. I give him so much. But, but you see, when, when Jesus healed him, he said, by your faith you have been healed. It was the act of faith that Jesus wanted. He wanted him, he wanted his faith. So, so if, he was healed by his own faith. And so I just want to say today that Jesus, Jesus is calling you. He's calling everyone here. He's calling you over. And so I want to know, are you going to throw off that cloak? Are you going to give up something you haven't given up before? Are you going to put your finances in God's hands? Are you going to bring God into your relationship? Maybe you think, oh, well, he doesn't need to be a part of my relationship. I can handle that fine. I can, I can do fine with that. I don't need to bring him into my social life. That's embarrassing. But, but God wants more. He wants more than that. He wants all of you. So he wants your faith. 
and he wants to work a miracle in your life. He has a plan. He wants to give you hope and give you purpose. And if you need Jesus to work a miracle in your life, then I just want to invite you at the end of the service just to find a pastor or a leader and just ask for prayer. You know, we'll believe in faith with you. We would love to join in faith and believe for a miracle, and we'd love to pray about taking a next step in faith, whatever that could mean. And uh, just before I hand it over to Daniel, I'm going to pray. Lord, uh, I thank you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for this church. And God, I just pray that you would um, ignite a fire in everyone here. Just build their faith up, God. Let them, let them be bold in their faith, where they can take steps towards you, God. And God, I just pray that you would bless those acts of faith, those steps of faith, God. I pray that you would, that you would move in people's lives because of them. Amen. All right, I'm going to invite up Daniel Fennell to give a word. Thanks, guys. Jesse, wow, I have to preach behind that. <laughs> so, um, I just want to pray, actually, right now, too. Holy Spirit, would you guide my words, that it wouldn't be me speaking, but it would be you speaking through me, that I'm simply a vessel for you to use, God. Would you be that translator, that whatever I'm speaking about, God, that you would relate it to everyone in this congregation, to their scenario, to their situation. We give it all to you, Jesus. Okay. I just think it's so amazing to be able to preach, and, like, God uses my trials, my my hardships, my things, and he fills me. He fills me to overflowing. And that overflow gets to pour out on this congregation. It's never just for us. It's for other people to hear. And uh, we got an area in our life this morning that God wants to, he wants to take control of. And it's funny because we didn't actually link up what we were talking about, but he's talking about the same thing. So this is awesome. Um, It's the area that means the most to us. God wants all the areas, but we're we're just going to start with one this morning. And um, I'm just going to go to one of my areas. Um, I'm a young guy. I'm currently in search of a wife. I am, uh, through this pursuit, you know, a girl catches my eye that needs a little bit more attention than any of the other girls. <laughs> and um, so you're doing, like, everything you can to, like, get this girl's attention. Um, just, like, minutes with her just feels so amazing. You're just like, oh. I never want to leave her side. Like, it's just so exciting to be around her. You see her, she makes you happy. Uh, She becomes the center of your attention in your mind. Um, You want this girl to like you like you like her, so you're, like, putting jokes out there to make her laugh, and like, yes, she liked that one. And then we start caring so much about this person. If she smiles or smirks, you're just like, oh, like, what is she thinking? You know, like, did she like that? Did she not like that? Um... If she needs anything, like fixing her car, gardening, cleaning the house, you're like, me, please, I'll come help you. It's just another minute for you to be with this girl. And it's just married, dating, in search of, like me. Um, Let's go to that place right now of when it was just so precious to be with that significant other. I just see some, I was talking to my dad, actually, and I was like, Dad, you remember that time? He's like, no, I was never like that. But it's like, you were, you were. There was, a, there was a point where, like, you were just like, oh, you know, you're trying to get. And um, during this time, other guys used to talk to this girl. 
and she used to get invited to events that I wasn't invited to, and I'd just, like, sit there and be like, dang it, like, these other guys, like, in my head, she's mine. Like, I want to protect her. I want to be around her. I just, yeah, like, anything to do. And then I realized, like, what can I do at this moment? I can pray for her. I was like, you know, like, prayer, prayer works. Prayer's, prayer's the things that I can do. So I would pray. And, guys, if I could rate these prayers out of ten, these were the ten ones, because I was real. I was just like, oh, like, God, give me this girl, like, whatever, whatever it takes, I'll, I'll change, I'll be the good husband, I'll do, like, whatever, you just, you go so deep, so real, because it means so much to me, I care so much, and this is the area that God was using, I actually, like, kind of look back on it, and I'm like, I was kind of crazy about this girl, if I just was writing all this down, and I was like, you see her car, her make, the model, the color, and you're like, is it her? Oh, dang, some other guy or something like that. She says your name, you're like, yes. Or she asks you something or just like a conversation. If anyone tried to butt in, you'd always have your attention on her. And the Lord one day came up to me and he's like, do you trust me with this relationship? And I was like, yeah, I trust you with this. And he says, why don't you give it to me? I'm like, "Uh, okay, here, I'll give it to you. And he's like, you understand you have to open your fist. You have to let go. And I was like, oh, I can't let go. Then I give you control and stuff. What if you take her? And then I don't have her anymore. Like, this would suck. I was like, I, I, I don't know if I can do that. And from this moment on, I could not get the attention of this girl. There was not a thing I could do that would make her laugh or just even, like, acknowledge me. I used to say that I could put a Lamborghini in front of this girl, and she's like, cool, like, that doesn't matter. And I was like, God, like, what's going on? Like, I need you. I need you to, like, come in here. And he's like, Daniel, do you trust me? And I'm just like, oh, yes, yes, I do, Lord. I know that you have my best interests at hand, God. And at this moment, the, re- the relationship went from one of the most important, like, things that I had I remember sitting, and I'm a guy, so we don't cry, but, like, I was, like, sitting there, and I'm, like, about to, like, give it up, and I'm, like, tearing up, because I'm, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm actually going to open it up, like, let God have this. This is where I have no more control anymore. God has complete control, and I, I do that, and I, it's so easy, because there were some people that came up to me, and there's, like, there's plenty of fish in the sea, and I'm, like, I don't care about the other fish. I care about that fish. Like, I want that fish. And all of a sudden, all those times that I'm just trying to get the attention of this girl, all of a sudden she comes up and speaks to me. Or it's not so hard to make her laugh anymore. The most, like, weird joke, just she loves it. And you're like, oh, this is great. But every time I went and I took that relationship back, I'm like, oh, this is good now. You know, God, I got this now. Boom, nothing. This girl is like a ghost. And it's like, where'd you go? It's this, it was so, like, such a crazy experience for me. And... I realized that God was attacking, not attacking, but using that, that scenario, that experience, because that's what mattered to me. At that, at that point, this is what I really care about. He could have used anything, but this is what really mattered to me. And God's like, perfect. Like, this is the one, this is the thing that I'm going to use. And it's the thing that I like, that was centered, that I valued the most. And God said, God spoke to me and said, what if you looked at me like you looked at her? When I'm present in the room like he is now, right now, you're just happy and grateful. 
What if you were at the center, were centered on me and valued the opportunity so much that you would do anything just for a few more minutes in my presence? What if you worshipped me because you knew it pleased me? What if you just focused on me, not those other guys or other things, but if you just focused on me, all that other stuff wouldn't matter anymore. You would, it, it, it just, it wouldn't. Nothing happens without me. I'm like, yeah, I know. Every time I took that back. Um, John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I could do nothing. I realized through this time that God's speaking to me is that I literally thought that I knew how to run this part of my life better than God. Because why would it be so hard to give it to God? I think I got it. And then I, let's, let's go even deeper than this. I have this Holy Spirit moment where just like what we were having on stage here, and you can just feel the presence, and you can speak, and you can, the Holy Spirit's just communicating. And he showed me this time when I was seven years old, and my grandpa just passed away. And I'm in this room, and there's another room right beside my dad was there, and he was crying, and I could just hear it. And he was just like, God, why would you take my dad at this point? And I'm just like, and God's just like, you had an opportunity at that point to trust your dad or to trust me. And I was like, God, I was seven. Like, how could I make an educated decision at that time? But he's like, you, you made a decision. You chose to believe your dad. That, that God was wrong for doing that kind of stuff. And I was just like, wow. And all from that point, it rooted all the way up to where I am now. And it's just like, that's so crazy from a little experience that I had, from a time that I didn't even remember that he brought that up. I could like close my eyes right now and I could see it. Like he showed me it so clearly. And I just, we can have those Holy Spirit moments right now. And I just think that's so cool. Like that time that we just had up there, like we just put some worship music on. Holy Spirit, search my heart. That's, that's all I said. And I just sat there and I would wait for two hours and I might not hear anything, but as long as I'm in the presence, you know, it's just, it's so peaceful. It's our grounding. I, I encourage you so much to take the time, if you do. I, I actually try to do it almost every night. And it's not always that God's revealing things to me, but showing me or speaking, just like anything. But you want to you have that clear communication line. I'm an electrician by trade, and I just know how to hotwire things where, like, you know that's coming down the line. And you want to hear that distinct voice. You don't have to question it. You're like, oh, is this God talking? Is it not? You know that it's God talking. And um, let's go to Job. And Job, oh, Job, he's a man. He's very wealthy. He's blessed. God truly loves him. Well, one day, you know, the devil, he's walking around and meets God. And he's like, oh, hey, God. The devil's like, God's just like, oh, what are you doing, devil? And he's like, oh, you know, coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's just like, oh, have you ever thought about Job? And he's just like, no, I haven't. Well, he's just like, well, he loves me so much, he would never leave me. And at this point, Job has like 3,000 camels, 7,000 sheep, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, 10 children, but he's loaded. Like, he's got all these things, tons of servants. 
and all of it gets taken away at once. It's not like slowly, it's like boom. And oh, I just, I wish these were my words, but they're not. This, I read this article on it. Job teaches that God is delivering us from our tribulation of God as a means to our ends and giving us an opportunity in the midst of an unhidden and public grief to worship God as God for his own sake, regardless of any secondary blessing we might gain or lose. Such worship is painful, costly, deeply honoring to God as the Lord and not a pet deity. I don't know if that hits you as much as it hits me, but I like read that. I was like, what? And nowhere in the book of Job suggests that God allows the tragedy to give Job, just to teach Job some virtue or moral quality that he is lacking. When God puts us in a position where we must hold on to our relationship with God for God's sake only, in which we stand to gain nothing but God, we start to receive him more fully than we ever had before. Job's amazed cry, now my eyes see you. It's just like, oh, I want to say that. We don't give up on God. You know, if God recommended Job, what makes you think he doesn't recommend Life Church? You know, Life Church, they love me. They would never leave me. The opportunity to worship me, regardless of secondary blessings. I think we're missing the point when bad things, trials, struggles happen in our life. I'm not speaking for what God is, is doing in your heart, but we had this guy in our church, and uh, he got in a dirt bike accident, and he, like, wrecked his spine somehow, and he was going to go in for surgery, and it was like he could die really easily. They could mess it up, and he was so hungry for God. All of a sudden, he's like, He's asking the pastors to come, and we haven't seen this guy for a long time, and he's loving. Like, he's coming to church. God heals him. He doesn't even have to have the surgery anymore. It's just, like, perfectly all, all good and stuff like that, and it's just so amazing. This guy, he's going to church, going to church. Well, all of a sudden, you don't see him in church anymore, and you're like, oh, what happened and stuff? You know, times were good. Things were going well and stuff, and all the church were praying for healing. We're doing this, and that's amazing, and we, I still do that, but then we lost him. God's still searching him out, but he, he isn't currently going to our church anymore. And it really made me think, are we missing the bigger picture on these things? I love to pray for healing. I love to see God do amazing miracles, but I don't want to miss what he's speaking in me. These times, it, it hurts. It's hard to get to that spot where, where we can truly hear God, where we truly see him in the fullness. He hit he goes for what really matters. And I think that was just a huge wake-up call to me because Job makes my trial seem like nothing because he actually lost everything. And um, if that's what it takes to get our attention, then so be it. And that's a hard statement to say. But do we... You're, you're picking up what I'm putting down here. This is, this is hard. 
I don't want to have to say this, because this is like, there, there's tons of hard, terrible things that happen in this world. But what God truly cares about, what his main priority is relationship with us. He wants relationship with us. Oh, that just, because when he has relationship with us, there's healings that happen. He gives us a sound mind. You have a father that guides you. We have a safe place. We have someone who never leaves and wants to walk through things with us. I'm not interested if God's not involved. If I can't say God did it at the end, there's something wrong. See, if we go back to this girl, I know this wouldn't have happened, but let's just say I could persuade her to like me by myself without God. You know, I kept it in there. Yes, she came back. I could only say Daniel did it at the end of that. And that is not what I want to say. I actually, at the end, I didn't even end up being any more than friends with this girl. And that just really threw me a loop because I was like, God, we talked about this. I gave it to you. You know, like, (laughs) this is good. What the heck? And uh, he's like, this, when you give things to God and you let him work in your life, it doesn't always go the way you want it to. You know, like we try to like act like, oh, you know, like God's guiding me. He told me this way. And like, but when we're handing it over, it's in his control. He knows better than I do. In this moment, I'm like, God, you are making a mistake. You see this girl. I cannot let her go. Are you kidding me? She gets to be with another guy? No guy's better than me. Like, what the heck? But God knows more than I do. I believe in a God that loves me, that cares for me, that encouraged me, that wants the best for me. What is it in your heart? What's God want to use to speak into your life? I got some examples. Business, dreams, expectations, pride, status in society, money unheal wounds. Could I just get the band to come up too? Um, who am I to question God? Job stays face, faithful the whole time. And if you read to the end of that, that book, he receives a double portion. He actually, you heard what I just read, he had, and he gets double that. So, which is amazing. God is testing this church. Do you want, at the end of it, to be Life Church did it or God did it? His covenant will never be broken. He attacks where it means the most. We have a choice to dig deep and invite God in. Church, there is seats that I can see that need to be filled. There is life center that there's a youth group that wants to start there, that, that wants to grow, that they see a vision for a hundred students in there. There's people in White Rock that haven't heard the word of God. Life Church, do we trust God when it doesn't make sense? Let's move into the unknown faith. It's easy to live in the known faith. We don't need to see to believe. That's what God's been pushing me this whole time. You know, like, you're just like, oh, God, give me a sign. Give me this. He's like, why do you need to see something to believe it? 
I want to take you deeper. Guys, we've been in this, got to experience time with you. You guys have a real beautiful culture here. I'm sitting around there and they're talking about what everyone's doing in this church. And it's like a family, you know, like it's like, oh, you know, my brother's doing this, my sister's doing that. That's special. We got to travel to some other churches and you don't get that feeling. It's it kind of feels dead inside. And they're like, come on, like let's build this up. But it's like the culture is just damn. You guys have a culture that's built up. And you I, I heard the vision and like for the young young people to be coming here. There is gonna be young people that are coming to here. There is gonna be young people that are gonna come to here. I'm just not interested if God's not involved. And that's the place that that we need to get to. I wouldn't be up here right now if it wasn't for God. It's scary. He just, he takes us in the most amazing journey. We're building a kingdom. A kingdom that's advancing whether you help it or not. No one can fill your spot. If you're not here, it just doesn't happen. I want to talk to the people that maybe you don't, you've never let God into your life. You're talking, we're hearing about Bartimaeus, how he left it all through the cloak, all all down there, just just to see Jesus. That hunger, I want that hunger. If if that's you today, with um. a guarantee that your life will be changed. So the way we like to do it at Motion Church is with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you want to make that decision today to let God be the leader of your life, would you just raise your hand just as a quick, just saying, God, I trust you. I believe you. Thank you. Okay, can we just, we can put those hands down now. So as a church, as life church together, can you repeat this all after me? Jesus, I want you at the center of my life. Today, you are the leader of my life. I give you the reins. Lead me. Guide me. Help me to walk every day with you at the center. Church, can we just clap for the people that entered into the eternal kingdom? This is next level. But I, I, I got one more. So when I'm talking about this, uh, this spot, this place in our hearts that God wants to, He wants to move, the thing that matters the most to you, and you, because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you too, and you know what that spot is. I want to pray for you today. So. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to serve in your kingdom. God, these areas, these spots, these trials, these struggles, these whatever it is when it just seems so hard, God, that I don't even know what to ask you anymore. I don't even know what direction to go. I don't know what to do, but I know I need to talk to you, God, that you would walk through us, God. You would 
walk through that whole situation with us, God. That you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would take us to that next level. That we're not lukewarm Christians, God. That we want to we want to see the kingdom advance. We want to keep pushing boundaries, God. I want to keep knowing you more and more and more. I want to make you real. I want you at the center, God. Would you do that? God, thank you for what you're doing in these people. Thank you for what you're doing in White Rock, God. There's so many big, amazing things, and I just thank you for all that in the name of Jesus.